This is the EPLOG audio experience. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed are the host's own and do not represent the views, thoughts and opinions of EPLOG Media Private Limited. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes and or entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion advised. This is the story of a woman who achieved many firsts. Whether it was a universal fight for environmental conservation or her persistence for democracy and gender equality in her native country, she did it all. She was a visionary leader who went on to receive a Nobel Peace Prize. She understood that all of these issues could be connected to uplift those who are in need for help. This is the story of Wangari Mathai. I think that it is very, very important to continue encouraging our governments and ourselves that the environment is not really an issue for tomorrow. The environment is everyday issue. It's the air we breathe, it's the water we drink, it's the food we eat, and we can't live without these things. Wangari was born on the 1st of April 1940 in central Kenya. She attended a convent boarding school whose motto was to serve God by serving fellow human beings, a philosophy she implemented in everything she did. After she finished her schooling, Wangari was one of the 300 Kenyans selected to study in the United States through a program in 1960. She received a scholarship to study her bachelor's and master's in biology from the top universities in America. She returned to Kenya in 1971 to finish her PhD. With this, Wangari became the first East African woman to receive a PhD. After completing her education, she became a lecturer in anatomy at the University of Nairobi and was eventually made the head of the Department of Veterinary Anatomy in 1976. During this time, Wangari noticed how she and the other female staff were being treated differently than their male colleagues. They were receiving lesser wages despite doing the same amount of work. When nothing was done to change this, Wangari formed a union and negotiated for equal rights and benefits for the female staff. Alongside her teaching, Wangari was also involved with various volunteer associations such as the Kenyan Red Cross, United Nations Environmental Programme and the National Council of Women in Kenya. It was while working with these organisations did Wangari understand that the root cause of many of Kenya's problems was because of climate change and environmental degradation. In the 1970s, Kenya was experiencing an ecological decline. Streams of water were disappearing. Vast forest lands were being cleared and the Sahara Desert was threatening to expand from the north. The quality of soil was degrading and water was being drained. And the ones suffering because of this were the local tribes. Wangari saw the pain her people were going through Something needed to be done. She loved her homeland too much to just sit idle. So to tackle these problems, 
Wangari used her position in the National Council of Women. In 1977, she led a march in Nairobi to plant seven trees on the outskirts of the city. This small march grew into what would become the historic Green Belt Movement. Wangari realized that while preserving the environment, she could also provide employment to impoverished women by tree planting. This would instill upon African women a sense of independence and power within their household. Using her connections, Wangari successfully procured funds from the United Nations Voluntary Funds for Women. This allowed her movement to expand within Kenya and more women could be employed all over the country. Now, trees were being planted at a higher rate than before helping reverse the effects that deforestation was causing. In 1985, the United Nations held their women's conference in Nairobi. Wangari used the opportunity to deliver a speech in which she explained the motives and impact her green belt movement had created in Kenya. Now, the movement was receiving attention from all over the world. The conference put a global spotlight on Wangari and helped her secure even more funding. This allowed Wangari to take the movement international. The Green Belt movement launched the Pan-African Green Belt Network. This offered several women from several African countries like Ethiopia, Rwanda, and Uganda proper training in tree planting and environmental management. as well as an income by now the green belt movement had established more than 2000 nurseries in the east african region but as the saying goes where there is good there is always evil in the late 1980s the authoritarian kenyan government attempted to break down the movement they wanted to demolish the uhuru park in nairobi and replace it with a high-rise office complex. The park is one of the last places in Nairobi that remains a green space and enhances the well-being of the area. In protest, Wangari wrote letters to several high-ranking officials within the Kenyan government, such as the president's office and to the UNESCO. She even asked the foreign investors to back away from the project. Wangari also started protesting the authoritarian rule in Kenya. Like many others, she too found the government unjust. They all wanted a democracy. But the male chauvinist government refused to comply with Wangari's requests. They labeled her as an ignorant, crazy woman. They tried to take down Wangari and the Green Belt movement. by forcing her out of her office and attempted to shut down the entire movement itself but there was too much domestic and international support wangari's public protests and media appearances gained her the support of the kenyan people and from people from all over the world and despite all the efforts the government took to shut her down wangari was the winner The foreign investors agreed to cancel the construction of the high-rise and the Uhuru Park in Nairobi was saved. But Wangari's fight with the government was far from over. If anything, 
it just got more life threatening for her she discovered her name was on a list made by the kenyan government of the people they wanted to assassinate she and other pro democracy activists were arrested soon after and unfairly charged with treason and spreading malicious lies thankfully though wangari was released on bail but her time in jail did not divert her attention from the issues at hand and her acts of protest never stop wangari went on a hunger strike in the uhuru park she had saved to pressure the kenyan government to release the other activists and drop the charges the government retaliated and this time they used violence they forcibly moved the protesters during which the police knocked wangari unconscious to the point where she had to be taken to the hospital to receive urgent treatment the attack drew harsh criticism from all over the world countries pressured the kenyan government to drop the charges on wangari and the rest of the activists or risk damaging relations with them under tension the kenyan government had no choice but to release the activists and drop the charges once again wangari had won in the following years wangari would continue to advocate for the environment women and for democracy in kenya she clashed with the government multiple times and would spend more stints in jail every time the kenyan government attempted to deforest public land wangari would show up there and protest she would end up in jail and eventually be released and the land would be saved the green belt movement continued to plant trees all over africa Wangari's story and vision inspired people from different continents to plant trees and uplift women. In 2003, Wangari was appointed as the assistant minister in the Ministry for Environment and Natural Resources. For the rest of her life, Wangari was a glimmer of light in the midst of darkness. She passed away on the 25th of September 2011. her efforts to save the environment while simultaneously uplifting impoverished women serves as a lesson to all of us her initiative to plant trees has helped millions by providing fuel food shelter and an income her story is one of boldness and fighting powerful forces that tried to crush her but always failed government repression and fear of social stigma did not derail her willpower one bit wangari has proved that real change will come only when people start to take action and not just speak out she has inspired environmentalists and feminists from around the world she was awarded the nobel peace prize in 2004 for her continuous advocacy and selfless acts today We are faced with a challenge that calls for a shift in our thinking so that humanity stops threatening its life support system. We are called to assist the earth to heal her wounds and in the process heal our own. Indeed, to embrace the whole creation in all its diversity beauty and wonder with this 
we reach the end of today's episode. We would love to know how the story of Wangari Mathai has inspired you. Share your thoughts by connecting with us on our social media handle at EBLog Media on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more stories of immaculate women who shattered glass ceilings, subscribe now to the Women in History podcast.